Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Situation, no matter what the enemy throws at us, is with us. David says, Lord, how they increase that troubled me. Said many are they that rise up against me, many are they that says of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But you know what? But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory, you lift my head. Oh, thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory, thou lift a rock of my head. Let me find F if you can get if you can. Let me find F. Hallelujah. That's a key called F. Okay. And you can find it. Hallelujah. You see, God is our lifter, the lifter up of our head. Our glory and the lifter up of our head. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at all. That's why David says, I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that found themselves against me round about. Can you say it boldly? I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of the thousands of people that set themselves against me round about. Thank you for lifting, Lord. 
our maker, our dear Father, we thank you this morning. Even though there are dangers around, but Lord God of heaven, you are with us like a mighty, terrible one. Thank you, the lifter of our head. Thank you for your joy that resides in our heart. Thank you for lifting our heads in all circumstances. Thank you, Lord Jesus, you are the one that ruleth in the affairs of men. Thank you, Father, for lifting our heads. Blessed be your name this morning, Lord. We acknowledge that it is you behind the scene, walking, because in you we move, we live, and have our being. Thank you for the good job you have started in our lives that you will bring to accomplishment. Thank you, precious Father, for what you are doing in our lives right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We return all praise this morning. We return all adoration this morning for all single testimony. Thank you for your son that you deliver from sickness. Thank you, Father, for restoration of health. Lord, thank you for provision of job. Thank you for blessings in the house. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the spirit of joy that is dwelling with us. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Touch us this morning and speak your word to our heart. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thou, Lord, for me. My glory. thing to praise the name of the Lord, especially when you can link it up to his faithfulness. Especially when you can link it up to his faithfulness. Because the Lord is good. Satan, in all of his attempt and effort, does not want us to see how faithful our God is. But it is our duty to always remember his goodness. Always remember his goodness. To always know that our God is good. If he was faithful to you yesterday, he will be faithful today. Because faithfulness is his character. It does not matter the battle that we are meeting next. If you, he won the battle for you yesterday, we'll win it tomorrow. The Bible tells us that he's, a mighty, he's, he's with us like a mighty, terrible one. He's a great warrior. And it's important for children of the Lord to always, always give praise to the Lord. The Bible says, in all things, give thanks to God, for that is the will of Christ concerning us. Amen. This morning, with the limited time that we have in our, at our disposal, we're going to just check, go through this word of God one more time, the word of life. See, this morning I was meditating and having time in my devotion time, and the devotion was talking more about uh, chastisement, uh, chastisement we receive from the Lord, and God loves us, that's why he chastises us. But more importantly, the Holy Spirit fired into my spirit that the Lord can correct us. He corrects us in his word so that we can, through his word, live the life that God wants us to live. So if you remember, uh, sometimes here ago, some few weeks ago, we talked about joy inhibitors. It's a season of joy. But there are things that suppress 
God's joy in the life of believers. There are things that will not make a child of God to have the fullness of God's joy. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 16, I believe verse 24 now, if I'm not mistaken, he says, uh, you have not asked anything, ask unto you, your joy is full. Is it 24 or 12? John chapter 16, he said, ask unto your joy is full. Unto your joy is full. Okay, you might check, is it John 12, 24? Okay, yeah, ask unto your joy may be full. And John 15, 11, repeated the same thing, unto your joy is full. You see, so why are we talking about fullness of joy? In Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, the scripture says that thou will show me the path of life. For in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So why is the scripture repeating fullness? It means that joy can be depleted. Joy can be reduced. Can diminish. And many believers' joy are not on the high point where God wants it to be. And it gives us, you know, areas and things that we need to do to get our the tank joy to full. So you can be thankful. When your tank is full, that's when you can be thankful to the Lord. So God wants our joy to be full. But there are inhibitors of joy that will not allow this joy to be full as the Lord desires it for us. And one of them that we looked at the other time was a spirit of unforgiveness. Unforgiven spirit would reduce our joy no matter what. Because that is not the nature of God. The Bible even tells us that it's forgiveness. I mean, God forgives so easily. It's slow to anger. His forgiveness is quick. But you see believers today live in unforgiveness. And so when I was reading the story of the, of the servant, you know, in the book of Matthew chapter 17, when he was talking about that servant, that was forgiven and will not forgive his co-servant and was, you know, brought his co-servant to prison and said he must, must be punished until he pays and all of that. I, I read here that the, the servant that was confronting another servant, after he was forgiven, he saw a servant, his own colleague, that was owing him like, say, $10. He was owing like a million dollars and he was forgiven. Now, somebody was owing like $10 or so and he got him by the neck, the Bible says, and he was wrought with him. So I quickly picked there that one of the reasons why people find it to forgive is the spirit of anger. Once you have unchecked anger, forgiveness becomes difficult. And so this morning, I'll be speaking to you by the spirit of the, Holy, of the Holy God on danger of uncontrolled anger. Danger of uncontrolled anger. Started this message in the first service, by the way, but we'll see how far we can go in this service. Danger of uncontrolled anger. So what is anger? Anger is defined as a strong feeling of displeasure that arises as a result of what we feel should not be. When you see something that is against your value or your understanding of how things should be, the norms, there's, there's, a, there's a emotion that springs out of us called anger. We can also define anger as an intense emotional state induced by displeasure. Intense emotional state induced by dis displeasure. Anger in itself is not a problem. So that's the reason for this message. The message is danger of uncontrolled anger, unchecked anger, not danger of anger. Anger itself is an emotion that God created in human. 
in fact, not just in human, in some other animate creatures, like animals. Some animals could be hungry. Have you seen an angry dog before? <laughs> I don't like to see one. <laughs> or even an angry cat. <laughs> you think it's, it's demon that they're trying to them. <laughs> it's just angry. It's an emotion that when they see something that is not you know, according to norm, something, it, it, it's something that represents displeasure to such, an, uh, to such a creature, there's the emotion of anger wears up and then rehearse, they rehearse. But in our own case here, we want to talk about danger of uncontrolled anger. Anger in itself, in its entirety, is not bad. But when it is unchecked, it becomes a big problem. It becomes a big problem if it is not checked or controlled. And why is uncontrolled anger dangerous? Let's quick take a look. Why? Number one, it is deadly. That is, it can take away, sniff away life from people. A, 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 a married man angry with his wife, someone you have once loved before, you can even kill the person if the anger is not controlled. Are we together? I had a story some times ago, I think some many years now, about five years ago or so, of, of a lady who, who, was, who was angry and just threw a knife at her husband. Just threw the knife, then it went straight into the neck. And that was the end of that 38 year old man. 38 years old man. That was the end of him. And, and the, the most saddest part of the story, the lady was a lawyer. She knows the law. Had two kids. Now my question is, what's the, what's the future of those kids? When you look at their mother, you kill her father. And the mother will live with the rest, for the rest of her life with that guilt. It was anger. Nothing else but anger. How many people today, how many people's lives have been taken away today just because somebody was angry? Somebody was angry and slapped the, the child and the child just collapsed and passed away. Anger. That the geo sometimes told of a story of a man who was who bought a very brand new car in those years, in those days. New cars are very, 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 very expensive and luxury. It's still expensive now, though. <laughs> but it was a big luxury then. So if one man has one, it's as priceless as anything. You want you want to even you know nobody touches this and he keeps the car outside and always looking at it, always peeping at it. You know when you buy your first car. Peeping at the window every time. <laughs> Is it <he> still there? <laughs> we are laughing now. If you, you never fell into that, raise up your hand. <laughs> I remember when I got my first car. Yes, you still open the car. It's still there. <laughs> the man was appreciative of his car so much. And the kids were playing outside. And the boy, his own son, picked stone. Do you know how the value of the car, what concerns children? <laughs> they hit, sleep, and that sort of play. And he was writing, using stone to write on the car. So when the man came outside to, to his lovely and joyous car, he saw, what? And they told him who did it. The story I had, and Daddy Jill said it. <laughs> he took an hammer in hunger. You know, sometimes when you're angry, you don't even know what you're holding. You think you're holding a pen, and it's an hammer. He took an hammer and hit the boy in the hand with teeth and crushed his hand before he realized what he was doing. He took the boy to the hospital by himself. And they, they have to amputate those hands just because of anger. 
The man visited a child one day in the hospital. And, and look, before even he got there, what did he write on that? When the man came down from his anger and checked the car, what did he write? I love you, daddy. I love you, daddy. He could not live his life without that guilt. Continued, he visited the hospital one day, and his son looked at him. Daddy, I still love you. Said, Daddy, when will I use my hand to write? The man went home and killed himself. May that not be our portion. Anger. Anger. Many lives have been taken because somebody was angry. Many nations have been plunged into unnecessary war because their president was angry. Donald Trump will be boasting of his, the button of his nuclear weapon. We're boasting with Kim Jong-un. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my button is bigger than yours. <laughs> That's why they need to check some president's brain before they become president. <laughs> because you click that thing, it's not your family that is going. The whole nation can be leveled into ashes. And somebody is angry just because you can't contain your anger. You're putting the whole nation into jeopardy. Uncontrolled anger has led nations to war. Many, if not millions of people have been killed because of uncontrolled anger. When leadership harbors anger, followership suffers. It is very deadly. That's number one point. Number two, it is destructive. It can destroy. It destroys joy. It destroys peace. It destroys satisfaction. What has once upon a time satisfy us can become, you know, it, 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 it can become a curse, can become a, a snare. It's very destructive. Parents have altered destinies of their children just because of anger. They say some words to children and those words will follow that child to the end of their lives. Because they were angry. Some parents are fond of calling their children evil names, ungodly names. I can't mention them here. You know, and say, define their child with you know, something terrible. And that thing continues to follow that child for the rest of his or her life. Because we are angry. It's destructive. Even children also have destroyed their relation with their parents because they were angry. And stop their relationship and cut off and and start, you know, engaging in what they should not because of anger. Many homes have crashed, destroying the beautiful marital relationship that God has given husband and wife because somebody was angry. Because we cannot resolve matter without being angry. I've, had, I've seen some husbands before just screaming on their wife and shouting and exploding as if the, that woman is a slave. And when you ask them, she made me angry. No. No. It can destroy relationship. It can destroy trust that your wife has for you. It can destroy the love. It can reduce that love to nothing if we start continuing to treat our spouse as if they're not human. Shouting and screaming, and when, when some husbands are hungry, the woman takes cover. Should we get to that? And when you ask, say, Ah, whatever is in the side, they can throw it. 
We can be so angry and put down the TV and destroy it. Break all the windshield and of, the, of the car just because somebody is angry. And when the whole thing is calm, you know what? There's a full sense of regret that follows. Uncontrolled anger is dangerous. It can destroy anything. It's destructive. Unnecessary decisions have been made and executed by people because they were angry. Some CEOs have destroyed their company by themselves because of anger. Fired the, <laughs> the, 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 the prime worker that should have brought their company to the next level just because of anger. Great visions have been thrown into, tra- into the trash because someone was angry. Anger is destructive, can destroy destiny. Number three, it is unhealthy. It is very, very unhealthy. Many people know how to eat well. You eat, you know, healthy. You, you diet, you keep your food, you exercise and do all sorts of things just to be strong in health and to be fine. But they destroy all of that gains through anger. Don't you know that when you're hungry, scientifically it's been proven that there are some toxic hormones that are over-secreted in our body. Somebody said, happy people live longer. And I believe it. Unhappy people, people that are always angry, moody all the time, <laughs> you're shutting your life by yourself. <laughs> it does not matter how much dieting we are doing. If we continue to shut our life ourselves with anger and moodiness all the time, it's just boning and frowning. Come on, give a smile. Tell somebody, give a smile. Hey, just smile, smile. It's relaxing, isn't it? <laughs> it's relaxing. Many people's health have been challenged because of anger. They put themselves in unnecessary, challenging health situation because somebody was angry. Somebody will not forgive the wrong that was done. I told her a story of a man that came to the, the same that the GEO general was here and, and, and was looking for, you know, for healing. He was bloating up, he was swollen, and he was bedridden to the camp. And the daddy wanted to pray, and he says, the priest says, go back and forgive. Somebody offended, go back and forgive. Can't remember who exactly. Maybe a business partner, your wife or something. He went back and he forgave. He walked into that place by himself later because he's healing. He got it through forgiveness. Many people are still holding to unforgiven spirit because they are still angry with what they have done many years. Somebody did against them many years ago. In my tribe in Nigeria, I'm a Yoruba man. They said, uh, Pandadiam of many years is still burning you in your hand. Still, still feeling so hot in the hands. How possible is that? Still, still, still hitting you in the hand. When you touch it, it's still hot. Pandadiam of many years. You know we like Pandadiam, so <laughs> they use one of the best food in Yoruba to ascribe, I mean, analyze that. See, many people are still like, they are still marking anniversary of offenses. <laughs> True. True. Anniversary. I heard a story of a woman who was crying. I just was crying all of a sudden. Was playing with her husband and all of a sudden just busted, busted into tears. And I said, why are you crying? I just remember what you did five years ago. Uh-uh. <laughs> five years ago. The man said, what have I asked for forgiveness? I'm still angry. As funny as it sounds, many of us are still experiencing that. Who offended us 20 years ago that we have not forgiven even till now? 
It's not, as, it's, it's, it's not different from somebody who offended you last week and it's still there. You will see it in the world today. Where the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, I believe verse 23 or 26. You can help me check the media thing. Be angry, but sin not. It says, let not the sun set on your anger. Be angry. So anger in itself is not a bad thing, but if it's not checked or put into, I mean, under controlled circumstance, it can become an issue. Number four, it leads one to hell. That's even the most scary part for me. Because after all is said and done, we want all to be in the kingdom of God. And that's why I'm bringing this message to you as a pastor. I need to tell you the truth, brothers and sisters, that someone telling us that you can live your life the way you want and go to heaven is not true. We cannot live the way we want and go to heaven. We live by God's standard. It is God that marks the, I mean, the, the, the script, not any man, not any pastor, not any bishop. It's God that marks our script. And it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, He that is righteous, do it righteous. If you do righteousness, you will be righteous. That's what it is. We need to act righteously. You can't say the righteousness of Jesus is imputed on you and you are living a negative life. God does not walk that way. He that is righteous, do it righteous. You need to do what is things of righteousness. It can lead to hell. Now, if you don't believe me, look at the book of Matthew chapter 5, 22. Matthew 5, 22. I read it in NLT version. It says, but I say unto you, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in the danger of the fires of hell. You are in the dangers of fire of hell. And many times we call people idiots. We just, in fact, wife can call us by idiots. Husband can call wife idiots. We just use all those kind of words that should not be heard from believers. When we are angry, even as couple, there are some boundaries we don't cross. Are we together? There are some, there are some things we don't do in anger. There are some words we don't say to each other. If anything will make you say those words, it's better to walk away. So the question is, what if you don't allow me to walk away? Adopt another tactics. Because I know some women will stand on the way and say, you are walking out of the way for me. <laughs> you are walking out on me. I am avoiding trouble. <laughs> Come next Friday. We are going to have a good time together. Couples night, let's talk to ourselves. Today when I see our daddy and mommies, you know, after they are retired age and they are still yopping, they are still enjoying, they are still, like daddy, show it on, mommy, show it on, I, I, I envy them. I'm, I love those couples. Daddy, thank you. Mommy, thank you. I enjoy, I enjoy seeing them. They are still enjoying. They are still, no. You, you need to, we need to sit down and ask questions. So how did you do it? Mommy, how did you do it? But today, anger has destroyed relationships that should be beautiful like that and speak to our own generation. Marriage of two years is crashing. Marriage of two weeks even. And when you ask yourself, what's the problem? Irreconcilable differences. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I read Sister Ibitoye's comment. 
about her husband the, uh, during the week. I see all those comments. I just keep quiet. I was like, after 20 years, I love where she said, even in the midst of heated argument, you prove that you are a man with the heart of God. Ah, God bless you, sir. These are things we should be hearing from our homes. These are things that we should be hearing from our families. This is how children of God should live. I may not have opportunity to peep into your own uh, write-up. One day I will probably see it. And forgive me if I mention it. But we need to understand that anger can destroy such a beautiful marriage that will have been this beautiful. That's how God wants our home to be. Enjoy our partner. Enjoy our, 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 the relationship that God has given us. And avoid anger. And number five. Of course, in that number four, again, it can lead to hell. Jude chapter one, verse nine, tells us that devil was contending for the body of Moses. Why would devil contend for the body of Moses? It was because Moses sinned against God in the book of Numbers chapter 12 when he was angry against the children of Israel. And he smote the rock twice when the Lord said, just touch the rock. That rock symbolizes Jesus Christ. And Jesus cannot be stricken twice. But Moses disobeyed the spiritual order and God was wrought with him. Because of that, Moses did not see the promised land. Many preachers are preaching today. No, uh, God didn't tell Moses before that it would go for promised land just to take the people from Egypt to wilderness. Which God does things like that? Leave you halfway. God doesn't, God doesn't work like that. The plan was you take them to the promised land. And Moses begged the Lord. We'll see you today. Let me jump. Let me rush a little bit quickly. It can hinder your destiny. God's promises to one's life can be altered. God calls you to be a pastor, a minister of great congregation. Anger can ruin the whole thing. And the Lord says, never anymore. I look for another man who will do the job. Anger can change God's mind concerning us if we harbor it in our heart. So if someone is sitting down here today, I'm angry with my dad, I'm angry with my mom, I'm angry with my, at my husband, I'm angry at my wife. God says, forgive, let it go. Forgive, let it go so that I can walk with you. So you don't give enemy a chance in your life. That's the word of the Lord for us this morning. I'll come back to Moses. But let's quickly look at types of anger. Because I couldn't get to that in the first service. Type of anger. You know, we have, biblically, we have two types of anger. We have righteous anger. We have unrighteous anger. Okay. I told us anger is not a problem in itself. So if you have righteous anger, and what are the, some people call them holy anger. Anger that has to do with something infringing with your understanding of God. And then holy anger springs out of you and you cast out that devil. These are legitimate anger driven by a proper response to injustice or something considered terrible according to God's standard. That's righteous anger. Okay. I take it again, legitimate anger driven by a proper response to injustice or something considered terrible according to the standard of God. So, when you see injustice and we don't react, it's even bad, right? So, at that context, anger is good because we need to respond to injustice. Though in a, in a controlled manner, ne nevertheless. Okay, so, when we have a righteous anger, God is not angry with that. But when we allow unrighteous anger, and what are unrighteous anger? Number one, I have them defined, rage. When you talk about rage, you are talking of violent and uncontrolled anger. 
Somebody, some people are living in rage. Then another one is rot. Rot is strong, vengeful anger. Retributory punishment for an offense or a crime. Somebody commits an offense, I must take revenge. And you're bell bent on that. That kind of anger, we call it rot. Some people have that. Rot is, can also be defined as when an anger that is taken to the extreme. Extreme anger. Anything extreme is not good. So when you're angry and that is taken to the extreme, that can be called rot. Another one is indignation. I like to mention them because th- th- you find this in, in some people's life. And we don't realize that <laughs> my level of anger has gone to rage you. And I'm now, li- in fact, this one is indignation. What, is, what are indignations? Anger aroused by something unjust, unworthy, or mean. Okay. Something unjust, it, it arouses, but then it has to be put under control, not go be, beyond the boundary. Some people have anger called fury. That's intense, disordered anger. Can, can destroy anything. They are so furious. Furious that whatever offends them, whatever comes their way must, must get beaten. Must get <laughs> Somebody was going to beat his son and he met his wife and beat the wife join. <laughs> Because it was furious. Whatever comes their way must receive the slap. <laughs> Even if it's a visitor. <laughs> and some live in hurry. That's intense and unusual. Openly displayed anger. Outrage. Outburst. So when you're shouting on your spouse, that's, that's, that's this type of anger. Hurry. You're, you're, you're bursting out. Explosion. All of these things makes us look bad in, the, in, the, in our community. So when, it, when can anger become a problem? Time is running so fast on me. When can anger become a problem? Number one, when it is too prolonged. When anger is too prolonged. Now, Psalm 30 verse 5. The scripture says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. That's God. Psalm 30 verse 5, NLT version, his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. So weeping may now tarry through the night, but joy comes in the morning. So God's anger is even, for, is even short-lived. How much more we, the children of God, our anger should not be prolonged for too long. It should, it should be short-lived. You can be angry. As Scripture put it in Ephesians chapter 6, be, chapter 3 verse 26, be angry but don't sin. Don't allow Son, to come upon your seat. That's Ephesians 4, 26, rather. Be hungry, but say not. In Psalm 103, verse 9, it says, He will not always accuse us, nor abhor his anger forever. Psalm 103, verse 9, also in verse 17. He will not always accuse us. He will not abhor his anger forever. When anger is too long, it is dangerous. That's why husband and wife must settle it now. Settle it. I have that agreement with my wife hey, 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 when, when there's a problem. No, 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 no. There's nothing like, what's wrong? Nothing. You know, we know how to say nothing. And that's a big thing. And <laughs> we say nothing. And then five days later, eh, what you did last week. But you said nothing. Let's settle it now. Mother to daughter, settle it now. Father to son, settle it now. Co-workers, settle it now. Brethren in the church, settle it now. Because it is dangerous. If it's not settled, it can lead to hell. 
God does not work with someone who harbors anger in their heart. Number two reason why um, when anger can become a problem, when it is harbored, when it is locked up, ha, please deal with it. Because your, the heart will not be tender enough for God to work with. God wants to speak into our spirit. It's the same mind that the devil talks to, that God talks to. It's the same mind. That's why there's always battery in our mind. And if our mind is corrupt, it will be difficult for us to hear God. So when we have bitterness in that same mind, in that same heart, it's difficult for God to work with our heart. When anger is locked up, it's abhorred. You are, you are grooming it and it's growing up. The Bible says in Hebrew 12, 15, the root of bitterness will generate and destroy many things. And that's why children are bitter against parents. Today, parents are bitter against children. Neighbors are bitter against one another because somebody was abhorring hunger in their heart. Look at what the scripture says. Control your temper for anger labors you as a fool. Control your temper. Anger labels you as a, I mean, labels you as a fool. If you look at that, that's New Living Translation. In King James Version, it says anger is locked up in the heart of a fool. Somebody who has boss anger in his heart, the scripture calls them fool. And of course, Matthew 14, I think verse 1, scripture says it's only a fool. Define a fool. Who is a fool? It's only a fool that says there is no God. So somebody who has boss anger is equivalent to somebody who is like a fool. When anger is about. Number three, when it is self-centered, selfish anger. When anger is about you, about my ego, about my personality, see how he's talking to me, it's about me, then there's a problem. There's a problem. Let's watch it. Many, many, many times that we are hungry, the reason why we are hungry is our ego has been tampered with. Something has rubbed off on our ego. And then we want to maintain our personal esteem or status. And then we get angry. When, and when anger is about self, it's just to fulfill yourself, it's dangerous. It speaks to ego. In one, James chapter 1, verse 20, human anger does not produce righteousness God desires. Human anger. James chapter 1, verse 20. NLT version, human, ang human angers does not produce the righteousness God desires. Number four, when is anger? When does it become a problem? When it becomes unchecked and uncontrolled. When responses are uncontrolled, we can do anything when we're hungry. God is not happy with that. When a person can, is no longer in charge of himself because he was under the Emotion of anger. Some people will be hungry, they will have a headache. You know that. <laughs> have you been hungry before and your hands are shaking? And you're, and you're palpitating. The heart is beating so fast. <laughs> calm down. I can't calm down. Calm down. <laughs> what does the scripture say? Proverbs chapter 14, 17. The Bible says, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. And a, a devious man is hated. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Proverbs 14, 29. A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man promotes fully. And of course, I've read to us Ephesians 4, 26. Don't sin by letting anger control you. 
NLT version. Don't sin. Ephesians 4.26. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, the anger should not go to the next day. Seal it up there. For me, I will watch clock when it is some five minutes to twelve. Let's talk about it. Because you don't want it to spill to the next day. How can we be hungry for seven days? And when the person is coming through here, you go through here. And when the usher say here, you say, no. <laughs> Anger can destroy relationship. So, because of our time, I will quickly jump into how to control it. Number one, give it time before acting. I didn't have time to say all this in the first service. Give it time before acting. Pause. Calm down. If you are hungry, don't talk. Just watch. In my own case, I'll say, I'm angry right now. I'm angry. Beg me. <laughs> That's when I'm playing with my wife, you know. I'm angry right now. Don't act in anger. Don't make decisions in anger. Calm down before you make decisions. You know, it's possible some spouse will say, tell me now, tell me now. <laughs> tell me now, if you don't tell me now, you, you are not a child of God. Say, I agree. <laughs> you are not the one marking the register of a child of God. <laughs> if I know I tell you now it will cause trouble, I will keep quiet and watch. Let's calm down. Number two, respond. Don't react. Response comes from in-depth thinking, intentional thinking. Be intentional with your action. We can't just throw out our boss there and say, she make me do, do it or he make me do it. Respond. Don't react. And responses sometimes could mean quietness. Responses sometimes could mean, I love you. No matter what you do. And I say, ah, really? Yes. Responses sometimes come in, hey, my darling wife, with a hug. That did not say you are not angry. It just shows maturity. Respond, don't react. Practice restraint. I like that. It will soon become greater strength if you know how to practice. I put the word practice because we have to try doing it. You don't, we don't know how to do, do it now. Practice restraint. Push back. A little bit withdraw, move away, or say no. Before the anger, tell yourself, this is how I want to behave under anger. I mean, when I'm under impression of anger or emotion of anger, this is how I want to be. Start demonstrating it, practicing it before anger comes. And somebody will look, how oh, you control your emotions so much. Yes, it didn't start in a day. It's a practice in process. But if we have never thought of, of that or even how to practice it, when the time comes, we just, out, we just throw out an outburst and we're like, oh, you see, it's not the time we should be saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It doesn't make someone look serious. Instead of me to say I'm sorry all the time, then I better just talk to myself first before that even happens. And so when it happens, I already know how my response will be. Let's practice restraint. I delayed a true knife to her husband. She probably have been throwing, in fact, it's not probably. According to the story, she's been throwing a lot of things before. She'll see cup throw. She'll see plastic throw. She'll see this one throw. 
that very day, it happens, real life story, and it happens in Ibadan, your state, those who don't know in Nigeria. That day, she threw the knife first. The knife hit the organ in the ham or something. They went to the hospital together. They treated the hand. Came back home. The argument continued. Unfortunately, she be, put the same knife again. Threw it this time. It didn't go to the hand. Went to the neck. Practice restraint. So every time we're hungry, we throw everything down, throw everything down, scatter everything, and then we'll go back to Leon's to go and buy them the following day. <laughs> Practice restraint. And avoid provocation. There's nothing wrong in walking away. Now, under practice restraint, James chapter 1, 19, my beloved brothers, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to hunger. James 1, 19. Quick to speak, slow to, slow, I mean, quick to speak, to listen, slow to speak, and slow to hunger. Then, avoid provocation. Luke 17, 1 says, offense will always come. Offense will always come. But we can avoid it. And you can always avoid being the offender too. Don't always be the one causing trouble at home. We can always avoid offense. Walk away if we need to. Be quiet, go to sleep, or call a friend, or just, you know, avoid provocation. When argument is becoming heated, we can withdraw. Okay, let's, let's talk about it next time. It seems that you're getting angry. And let's come, because if I pick my own anger, you can't stand. You know, how many people are in that show? The thing is winding up, it's winding up, and it's, I'm not angry right now. Let's calm down. Because if my anger comes, it will be a problem. Let's pr- avoid provocation. Don't provoke your spouse or your friend. And of course, the most important part of it is prayer. We can pray before the Lord to help us, and God can help us. Bring it before the Lord in prayer. Brethren, if anger is this deadly, why are we not walking? on making sure we control it. If anger is this deadly, Moses, the servant of God, as I wrap up this morning or this afternoon, was engaged in anger right from onset. In fact, number chapter 18 or so tells us that Moses was angry. He left the prince of Pharaoh with great anger. Number 11, 8. The scripture, he left Pharaoh with great anger. He was very angry. So his anger didn't just come upon him. But number chapter 12, verse 1, describe it 3, described this same Moses as the meekest man on earth. So how come that Moses could not control it? In number chapter 20, verse 12, Moses sinned against God because of anger. And let's look at his prayer. He prayed before the Lord that God should have mercy. See, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23 to 26. The scripture says, Moses was begging God, please don't count this against me. Help me that I will see the land. And the Lord refused to listen to him. And the Lord refused to listen to him. He begged and said, let me cross over to that Jordan, that I will see that beautiful land. God refused in verse 23. He said, O Lord, thou art begun to shew thy servant thy greatness, in verse 24, and thy mighty hand, for in earth that can do according, I mean, for what God is, is there on heaven, in heaven or on earth, that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. In verse 25, I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan and goodly mountains and Lebanon. Verse 26, but the Lord was wrought with me for your sake and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee, speak to me. Speak no more unto me of this matter. 
Moses was a highly revered of the Lord. Moses that met the Lord face to face. When God would talk to um, uh, Miriam, he said, if there's a prophet among you, I will talk to the prophet through word of prophecy or dreams. He said, not so with my servant Moses, who I talk with face to face. It was my friend. Moses, who was called the friend of God. God refused to listen to him because of anger. Why do we think God will listen to us if we harbor anger in our hearts? Let's rise to our feet. Lord, give me grace to overcome anger. That I will be able to put my anger into check. Give me grace to overcome anger. Give me grace to overcome anger. To be able to put my anger into check. In the name of Jesus. If you are dealing with anger right now, you have anger issues, pray before the Lord to help you. Pray before the Lord to help you suppress your anger so you can always connect to him. Lord, help me. I've brought this before the Lord about my life in the past and the Lord is helping me. The Lord can help anyone. I'm a testimony. I can tell you that anger can be suppressed. You can have the spirit of meekness if we bring it before the Lord. Have mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. I don't know if anyone in this congregation wants to give his life to Jesus Christ. You've heard the word of God this afternoon. Can please raise your hand wherever you are. We are praying with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to say, Lord, I'm dealing with anger in my life. I want to move into the next level. Just raise up your hand as we pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help as many of us that have issue with anger so that we can live our life perfect and calmly in your presence in the name of Jesus. And we pray for anyone among us here raising up their hand to say they want to give their life to you. Father, please accept them. Let their name be written in the book of life in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.